0: Today, we're talking with James Murray, a.k.a. Murr, from Impractical Jokers. I'm thinking just some of the episodes we've seen and that have come up on Facebook.
1: Listen in as celebrities and amazing people share how they use their influence to change the world.
2: Dive into their stories and discover their passion to keep living a legacy.
0: We're talking with James Murray, a.k.a. Murr, from Impractical Jokers, and uh, I'm thinking just some of the episodes we've seen and that have come up on Facebook, it's going to be a lively conversation. I've been looking forward to this one for a while, so uh, Murr, man, welcome to the show. We're excited to talk.
2: Fellas, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's interesting getting a look into your homes and seeing what the backgrounds are.
1: Yeah, this is not my home. This is my oh, virtual studio. That's your virtual studio, but it, behind...
2: Uh, this is my home. I see, is that uh, Groot from, uh,
0: what's his, yes. his name? It's, it's Groot. Groot the bobblehead. Uh, and then we've got, uh, we've got Yoda back here. Yoda. Is that BB-8 too? Um, no, this is actually an old school camera. My wife's family used to have and there's a here's another one right here a polaroid yeah (laughs) oh wow they had a a store in west texas that uh like 30 years after it closed it still had everything there it's kind of like a ghost town yeah so we were walking through a couple years ago and her aunt has this i mean just like rooms and rooms and rooms of of stuff that she's collected over the years and some some pretty cool stuff so i had uh I had asked if I could have some of the cameras that that still had, you know, the original box and it had, you know, uh, the stuff to take the photos with and uh, original flash bulbs and it's pretty fun stuff. So
2: very cool. Behind, behind the camera, I'll get it one second. You have a Yoda right literally in the room. I happen to have, you know, just two lightsabers. I love it. Crazy coincidence. uh, So, you know, this is the way I'm rocking. You
1: know, this is you. So are you're you're right. a right. you, know, no, are you know. a Star Wars nerd? No, you've got to be ready. Are you a Star Wars nerd? I think the key word being nerd. I'm just a nerd in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Star Wars. I, I love sci-fi, but then Star Wars is just... I mean, anytime Star Wars, talk about Star Wars. I'm also a Heroes fan back in the day. just I like, I like different types of sci-fi, but it all depends. So, Are you talking about the
2: TV show Heroes? Yeah. yeah.
1: Would you like that show?
2: I, I... I Mostly loved it, and we're dear friends with Greg Grunberg from the show. Yeah. I love who's been, Greg, who's been in Star Wars, and he yeah. unfortunately died in last movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that, Mur. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, no, don't kill him. I'll tell you what. When are we
2: getting a so uh, a standalone Darth Vader movie? That's what I uh, called Vader. When is that happening?
1: That's coming up with Anakin. The story. Did you see that? That's no. coming out. A yeah, standalone no. Darth Vader movie. No, it's not standalone. It's going to be the series of Anakin series.
2: I want a standalone Darth Vader movie yeah. to see him being a badass. That's what I
1: want. Okay. Yeah. Well, you, just you, destroying you, everything. You you go ahead and create it, okay? I, you, I don't have the rights. I can't. <laughs> oh, I can't you do. Go Disney. You just, just call Disney today, right? Pick up the phone and call them. And say, I have the They best have fun. a couple attorneys. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: There could be an Impractical Jokers episode of just Vader where you're, you know, getting choked out or something like that. But, you know, they're standing across the room from you.
2: A very special getting choked out episode of Impractical Jokers. <laughs> and no, you I can kind of do... mix
1: that with Star Wars and then Spaceballs. So... Yeah. uh yeah. Favorite movies. There you go. <laughs> no, and uh I did, I played Darth Vader in an ice bucket challenge for... The TV station, so that's up on YouTube at one point where I was Darth Vader and had to soak Dallas people with my my skills. And I'm a legitimate six ten, so I filled into the Darth Vader suit really well. Yeah, yeah.
2: You're six ten for real.
1: Yeah, former professional wrestler. My
2: wow, wow. yeah. It's interesting to know because your head is a little bit low in the frame of your camera, yeah. so it makes you look a little bit shorter than 610. No, that's right. Yeah.
1: If I would go up like this, oh, see, I'm trying to fit. If I block, so I try to fit myself exactly yeah. where it needs to be. Now you're getting us in our pajamas, like at home. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> get to see all the cool homes and different things. Business right. on top and party on bottom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay,
0: okay, so I've got a whole slew of questions. You've written some sci-fi stuff, You're you're a comedian, and then you also work with some of your grade school best friends of doing the crap that us guys do, except you actually make a living. All the stuff that your mom was like, you could never make a living doing that. Like, that's what you do and make a living. So kind of fill us in on some backstory.
2: Yeah, I can't believe I get to do what I do for a living. I I, I can't believe, if you look at it, I can't believe that, you know, I was uh, – uh valedictorian in grade school, salutatorian in high school. Man. I had a 4.0 average at Georgetown when I went. Oh, wow. And 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 then Q dropped out of college, worked as a toll booth collector and an ice cream truck driver, and him and I make the exact same amount of money. Which <laughs> just, really. so yeah. just It shows you, man, that's what happens. Uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's amazing what I get to do with my best friends. Uh, the story is the guys and I have been friends for 30 years. We went to high school together. We met first day of high school and we formed Jokers. Uh, It took us like 11 years to get on TV, formed Jokers. Now we've been doing that for 10 years straight now. And it's led to all sorts of cool things like the movie that came out this year, right right before the world shut down. Uh, We had two weeks in the theaters. I'll take it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Somebody told me recently, and this is going to drive, this is going to be crazy, but you know, We were, I think, the last movie to come out in theaters before they shut down, right? That being said, the... Academy Awards are going to happen no matter what. So we have a decent chance because by forfeit of winning an Academy Award. Like, we might become the highest-grossing comedy of 2020 by default. You know oh, my
1: I mean? gosh. You know, hey, we're, man, we're, you take what you we're can win
2: get. Every Academy, we're going to win, like, best animated feature, best film, best supporting actors. We're going to win everything because there's no competition. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, so it led to cool things. And it led to cool things like, the TV show and her fan base being as amazing as they are led to another passion of mine, which was writing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wrote my first book long before jokers. I spent a year writing it in 2004. And, uh, it's like a thriller. It was the first book of the series called awakened. And I sent it out after a year of working, I sent it out to every publisher being nobody, uh, and not having the agents or anything like that. And every publisher returned it to me unopened. I couldn't get a single person to read it. Right. Wow. Fast forward a decade later, I'm on TV, our fan base. I sent the same book, not a single word changed into HarperCollins. They bought the trilogy. Uh, The first book hit number one on the international bestseller list. Wow. Uh, Number two hit number four on the bestseller list. Uh, Book three just came out a few weeks ago, Obliteration. And then I have five more books coming out. I have Don't Move comes out in October. Uh, That's a thriller that takes place in the woods of West Virginia. Then I have... um, uh, the bottom drawer here which i'll get i have the stowaway comes out next april that is a thriller on a cruise ship uh, and then starting next summer i have three children's middle grade books coming out uh, called interns of area 51 so oh my gosh is like all the tv show and our fans made all this kind of stuff possible it's kind of like a dream come true
0: so when do you find the time
2: Well, I have a lot of time right now. Yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of books. I haven't been nearly as productive. We have nothing but time at the moment, so I've been writing a lot uh, uh, while home and doing a lot of uh, writing, writing books uh, with my co-writers Darren and on the other books, my co-writer Carson. We've been writing books over Zoom, basically.
1: Wow. And that whole process, now you're taking everything that you went to school, your intelligence, and now after getting paid for Impractical Jokers, you pretty much can do what you love on the side of things mm-hmm. that maybe you would never if you had a day job.
2: Uh, yeah, it all is made possible through Jokers, of course, right? Like it's all possible because of our fan base and the show still, I think, being funny and, uh, and still being on the air. And, you know, uh, it makes all these kind of other creative outlets possible for us, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, you know, one of one of the questions that I thought was great that came up was, you know, which which skit, and and we've we've had some votes on what the people think, uh, but what skit made you the most nervous?
2: Uh, I'm interested in seeing what people think. There's one that sticks with me to this day. I, I uh, <laughs> there was an episode. This did not make me nervous. It made me nervous for three months afterward. But there was an episode where they shaved off my eyebrows. Yeah, and I had to get a new driver's license photo with no eyebrows. <laughs> it's my. It's still. I, I just had it out on shown a fan a little while ago. Wow. So- guess coincidentally this is still my license to this day is for a 10-year punishment that's still
1: <laughs> oh my gosh if this happened to me in pro wrestling the headbangers from the wwe that the tag team champions of the wwf back in the day we were down south they were the spiders the first time i came in green as grass they told me hey let's go ahead and do this we're going to shave your and they shaved my eyebrows and they just said it was we're doing something else and didn't know what the heck they we were doing they they were the biggest jokers in the world. Yep. Uh, Glenn and Chaz, uh, and uh, shout out to those guys. But they they should have been. You need to pull a joke on them at one point in time on an ah. independent wrestling show. The Headbangers, because they deserve it. They yeah, deserve it big time.
2: When we pull the joke on them, I'll say Neil sent us.
1: Yes. Right. It's probably wise. Yeah. Yes, because uh, I mean, no, they're pretty big guys, but yeah, Glenn and Chaz would pull all the jokes in WWE all the time. Yeah. Every, uh, maybe that's one of the reasons, one of them I think got let go, who knows, for what reasons with maybe doing it to the wrong person in the office. But wrestlers do this a lot, Murr. I don't know if you heard about that, that they do a lot. The old school wrestlers. Yeah. The new school, I wouldn't say, but the 90s attitude wrestlers were big, impractical jokers. Did you ever know that? Did, you, did they ever tell we, you that?
2: We have a lot of professional wrestler fans. And we've done, we've done, uh, bits with, um, professional wrestlers before on the show too, you know, and I think I, and we made Q for one punishment, get into a ring at a match and he got thrown around, you know, by Tommy Tommy Dreamer. And, uh, we've, we've worked with them a lot. I, I think it's, I really do think it's only a matter of time before we do some kind of crossover between Jokers and WWE. Uh, because we've been talking with them about it for a while. We were supposed to do a season finale uh, at the WWE um, – what is their, their facility down in Florida? Yeah, oh, the um, I, I the Performance Center. Performance Center, right? We were supposed to do a season finale there, I think, last season. And the dates didn't work out for one reason or another. But I think it's only a matter of time before you see some kind of storyline crossover between Jokers and wrestling.
1: Yeah, that will definitely happen. my know. house. I, I don't – they
2: they're, uh, they might be, no, they're not but I'm this drawer in my house, probably in the other room. I have all my wrestling figures. I'm an eighties wrestling figure, uh, wrestling guy. Okay. You know?
1: Let's see who I wrestled at your 80 figures. Cause I've wrestled some of them.
2: Dude, uh, they're all downstairs. I'll go get the whole box if you want. It's, <laughs> if you hacksaw Jim Dugan, if you have, I have hacksaw Jim Dugan. I have him right downstairs. Right. Yeah, and do JYD.
1: You know, I'm gonna run and get the box. She's gonna blow okay. you Okay, <laughs> you don't have to run and get the box, but that's something for another app, another interview, Merle. Yeah. We're gonna have to make it happen. <laughs> okay, so so regarding like
0: some of the talk about like what made you most uncomfortable, what was my favorite is is when you were when you were in the art studio and you're having to pose, and then you and then they're like do the do the Miyagi kick <laughs> when you finally just were like. I was crying. Like, by the way, it's, it's my son's favorite show. Un- unfortunately, he's working right now because I-, I tried to have him join us because I think he's seen every single
2: episode. Wow! Did you ever and see? We- uh, you ever see the episode where they made me pull cigarettes out of people's mouths? Yes. Yeah, so- I think to this day it's <laughs> the most scare I've ever been. We hired double the security that day because I, I was like, someone's gonna knock me on my ass, sure than shit, right? <laughs> like, it- someone's gonna pop because you can't push people that way, you know, right. Explain yourself, you know, and, uh, thank God I didn't get, I didn't get punched, but. Well, you know,
0: Brian, who asked that specific question of what made you most nervous, uh, as far as human interaction, he's like getting punched. He's like, my guess is a cigarette skit. Yep. So, so there you go. Now, now my buddy Warren was like, you know, what was the worst punishment? Skydiving or prostate exam?
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny. Uh, literally, you know, what they don't tell you on TV is that Dr. Frank, the guy that gave me two prostate exams on live TV. <laughs> yes, he's a doctor, true. But he's my friend, Frank, who yeah. happens to be a doctor. That right. they put in. So it's, they don't tell you that in, in the punishment. So it's doubly embarrassing for me because it's not just a random doctor. That's yeah. my friend who is <laughs> I've been friends with him long before jokers. He was just, I was just at him in his wife's house. On Saturday, and we were talking <laughs> about it again. I was like, it's weird to be at your friend's house knowing that his fingers have been in your butt, you know? Now, <laughs>
1: now, it's weird. You know? So did you guys always play jokes all the time? Yeah,
2: you know, we,
1: we, we went to an all-boys Catholic high school in Staten mm-hmm. Island. You know, there was literally yeah.
2: nothing other than to do than just prank your friends, you know? We yeah. went to schoolwork, that's for sure. So, so it was just like ingrained in our DNA from when we were in our formative years, you know?
0: Yeah, so that was kind of the assumption. Is, is like it's just gotta have gone back. I remember, uh, I remember in college we had we were in this little East Texas college and we lived in a dorm, and there was like everybody and then the baseball team, which was one of the highest ranked in the nation for this little bitty college. And some got started, and you know some of us had had some evil summer jobs of working with camps and stuff. And I remember before it was over, we were putting like dead fish in their in their trucks, like hiding it under the engine or in the back seat. We would we would penny lock them in their rooms and, and you know, tie their doors together so they couldn't open them and yep. hit the bag with uh with uh either catfish charlie, but then also some, you know, baby powder and put it under the door and hit it and just crop dust them and yep. you know, everything you could possibly do. They got their air conditions on the outside of the building. So we would put like catfish charlie and sodium in the AC so it just oh, sneaked them out and they couldn't be in there, but then they're locked in the room so they can't get it was it was wildly fun and entertaining. I'm not going to lie. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, the, the big one we used to do in school, too, I mean, the very classic, simple one, you take an egg, you lift the toilet cover, put the egg in, close the toilet, seat, uh, the toilet uh, you know, the actual ceramic, and just yeah. wait. <laughs> and just wait a week and see what happens. And they can, <laughs> they're searching, well, what the, what the, where the hell is this smell coming from? You can't stop it. And uh, You don't have to lift the damn ceramic <laughs> toilet. That's the egg cover. part? yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: but you know, every and, and I'm sure it's more than just guys, right? I I don't know. But every guy can relate and just enjoys watching the show and laughs because it reminds us of 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 the time or those times where we just cut loose and were guys and had a blast and didn't care about the rest of the world and just had fun,
2: right? That's yeah. the connection. I think I think, the, I think the, what makes the show work, honestly, is, is it, we don't consider it a prank show at all or anything like that. We consider it a buddy comedy, honestly. Right. It, it's, uh, I think it's the biggest compliment we, we get is that we remind people of the friends they grew up with. I think that's a oh, yeah. huge compliment. Um, because we, we and the other thing I, 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 I think the show does is I think it's like an island of positivity in a really negative world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And the show remains this kind of like sweet spot of positivity. And uh, I think it's the kind of show you come home after working all day or having a a hell of a day and you turn the TV on and you just laugh for a half hour straight. You know, you forget about all the bullshit and just laugh.
1: Did you ever, did you ever think the show would be such a success?
2: I tell tell you, I didn't, I didn't know what I thought when we created the show, it was going to be guys our age watching the show and that's it. You know, you have guys in their forties, whatever, that are just think it's all kind of same age. (laughs) And And I don't know how old you guys are, but, uh, and, and it wasn't. And that surprised us. So like early on when we, um, we started doing the show, we started touring and, you know, we tour a lot now and, um, and our, at our live shows, we'd look out and we'd see, as many, if not more, women in the audience than men. And the, sh- the live shows that we do on tour are like 60%, 70% female. The, crew, the Joker's Cruise we do every year is like 70% female. Mm-hmm. We never – and then tons of families coming. And multi-generation, you have the, the grandparents, the parents, and the kids because there's like the one show they all agree on. It's kind of like yeah. they're their dinner show they put on in the background. We never saw that coming. You know, I thought it was just gonna be guys our age that are kind of laughing at dumb shit. And it, yeah. it wasn't, it became like a family show, which surprised us. And that's why we, <laughs> kind of changed, that's why we kind of changed the tone of the show as we went on. And I think the show's gotten better as a result.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think it has, has too. So, so you mentioned, you know, I don't want to come back to some of these other comical things, but, but you mentioned family. So, uh, you know, one of my, my buddies, Mitch had asked, you know, describe, describe the <laughs> describe the conversation when you first mentioned to your family right mom dad siblings hey i want to i want to be an entrepreneur and start a business with my with my best friends yeah. but then also you know the comedy but then kind of what was your mindset in starting this
2: you know our families were really supportive for a long time when we failed you know they 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 they, they <laughs> You know, we, we failed for 11 years, and they still came to every live show we did in New York City, uh, even though they sucked.
0: You know, we <laughs> did
2: one show, it was like like a year or two before Jokers. We did one live show in Manhattan uh, at a 40-person theater we rented. Two people bought tickets to see us perform. They spent five bucks each, the theater cost us $65 to rent, so we lost yeah. five dollars we split it four ways of loss, you know? uh, But our families were always there, like, still supporting us, come to shows, uh, and even though it took so long to succeed. And uh, it was especially – I have a distinct memory of, like, the the premiere episode of Jokers in 2011. Um, I remember that night distinctly because all of our families were there, and uh, we didn't know if the show would last more than one day. We knew the pilot was airing that night, and we were watching it live with our closest friends and family. And we were like – we may get canceled tomorrow. The ratings may suck, but tonight we made it. You know what I mean? Like no one can take away that we made it on t- television. It's happening. It exists. You know. And it was just so, it was so gratifying, honestly, after 11 years of failure, to create something that, no matter what, existed. You yeah. know? Yeah. Can't take it away. It aired. It was on television, even if only for one night. And it's that was 10 years ago. So we're very blessed.
0: Well, and you sure. were persistent, right? You stuck with it. You. you didn't give yeah. up. Um, and that's you know that's the the biggest issue for for most entrepreneurs is you know can you survive long enough to succeed? Exactly.
2: Um, I, I think that's a big part of it is outlasting your competition, and yeah. uh, and I think also uh, when you fail a lot, I mean, I mean I mean a lot spectacularly, I think you develop kind of an edge to what are, uh, and a, uh, an outlook to what you're doing, and you kind of reach a point in your career where you're like, huh can i curse or no well don't curse because it's television but i won't curse okay it's on television i won't curse then you kind of reach a point where you're like f it uh yeah i'm gonna either make it or
1: not and uh and that when you have that edge that's when you succeed i think you know right you can get away with certain cuss words because of cnn but thank you uh and fox and what's coming on so we'll see what happens but let me go to this one question are you a fan of the jerky boys
2: I, I wasn't a huge fan, but
1: I know them. Yeah. I never, really? I never watched No, but like their, their tapes and stuff. Growing up, I did. I don't know. I was, uh, it's funny, but at the end, your jokes are different than that for sure. And.
0: <laughs> well, so, so yeah, before we go, cause I, I do have a couple more, uh, joke questions, but, but one of the questions that's a little more serious that, that I really like. So, uh, Talmud asks, You know, would love some insights of how the relationship stayed solid over the decade between you and the guys, right? Especially with all the craziness. You know, I have to imagine there's been some conflict over the years. So the question would be, you know, would be interested to know how you guys have worked through, you know, and and maintained that bond over, especially with 11 years of of not making it, right?
2: Yeah, uh, I think it started from when we were kids. We were, we've been best friends for 30 years, 30 years. The TV show has been on 10. So still the majority of our friendship has been long before television. You know what I mean? And that kind of history, I think bonds you with, with your best friends in a way, you know, the other thing that I think helps is that let's say you're a stand-up comedian and you hit it big and you become famous, right? And you're selling out arenas and things like that. And you have a TV show, you're on your own doing it. You know, right. you're traveling alone. You're on the road alone. Everything that's happening to us, we're going through it with our the three other guys that are closest to you in your life. So yeah. all the ups, all the downs, all the fights, all the makeups, all the, the gr- amazing things happening, you're not experiencing it alone. We're not traveling alone. We're right. not having dinner alone on the road. We're not filming a TV show alone. I'm hanging out with my best friends. So you go through everything together as friends, and it makes it much easier to deal with. Uh, It makes success, success, much easier to deal with. It, 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 you keep each other grounded. You keep Mm -hmm. each other. We, I'm saying you, we, we keep each other grounded. Right. right. (coughs) Excuse me, in check. And it's, makes it very satisfying to be going through this with the three guys. I would want to be going through this with, you know, it's uh, that it's just the friendship goes long before you know it was created long before the tv show and and at this point we're too old to make new friends (laughs) okay so
0: so uh man um i've got to ask so did did you really have no idea that they were going to make you do skydiving and are you really
2: that terrified of heights i had no idea i had no idea which is uh, I, i you can tell i i ran into the bathroom at that location the the place and I locked myself in for a half hour. They wouldn't let, they, they, I wouldn't let them put it on TV, but I was crying in the bathroom. Yeah. And I Facetime my mother from the bathroom of the skydiving place. they die. Uh, and, and she sent me to voicemail. <laughs> so because she was out shopping in Macy's. So I had to send her a text saying, I love you. You know, if this goes wrong, I love you. And they did it to me again in the Joker's movie. They made me ride outside of an airplane while I was flying. Climb oh uh, Fly out onto the wing and yeah. uh, fly outside the plane.
0: Okay. And then, and then we've got a, we got a legacy question, but I've got, I've got one more for my buddy Manny and that's what's the, what's the, and and there may be many, right. But, but what's the one joke that, that didn't make it right. That, that just didn't make the air that it's like, no, that's, that's, we draw the line.
2: I know the answer. It's, it was written in the, the very document that we use to sell the TV show in our, in our pitch, our treat a treatment for the show, our pitch document, there's one punishment we've always wanted to do, and none of us have the, the nerve to do it. Uh, the <laughs> idea is uh, the loser has to go to church uh, and when uh, to a couple getting married, and when they say, speak now or forever hold your peace, he's got to stand up, uh, object to the wedding, go into detail why he objects, realize he's at the wrong wedding, apologize and leave. And none of us have the nerve to do it. And I think that'd be like a series finale of the show, we'll do it, you know?
0: Yeah. All right. That's or or it or it finishes the Jesus season and it lost, hasn't quite Jesus gotten there,
1: right? Questions. Thanks thank, again. Thank Eric Couch's audience of fans on Facebook for these amazing questions. I I think this is great. So, Mur, one of the things that we always talk
0: about is you know living a legacy, right? We all want to leave a legacy, but we're also living one. You're using your influence and you use it every day in your books and in the way that you make people laugh and that it, just like we talked about with with your. Uh, you know, you're not alone, right? You've got your best friends, and you're so much stronger together. So my question would be, you know, what, what's the legacy that you want to leave um, behind? And it doesn't have to be specifically TV. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be whatever. Um, but, you know, what's your passion? What do you want your legacy to be?
2: I, I think the goal for us is to make people's lives just a little bit better. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's what drives the four of us is that when we're filming the TV show, we just think about making each other laugh, right? Because I, I, I know that these, these are the three funniest guys I've ever met in my life. And I know if I do something that makes them laugh, I feel like it will make other people laugh too. So we're just yeah. focused on that goal. But the bigger impact is the letters we get from fans saying that, uh, when they were in the hospital with whatever's going on in their life or their uh, mother passed away or they yeah. broke up with uh, something fell apart in their life or they lost their job and what helped them get through or they've been in quarantine for four months and what helps get them through it is laughing for a half hour and they watch these marathons at the show and it helps them forget uh, to, to remember that there's good out there and if, if we just make people just that much happier in their lives I think that and we can make millions of people have that. We can impact millions of people yeah. uh, in that way. That, that's it. That's the legacy. I, I think that's the legacy. I think the biggest legacy too is all the kids that watch the show. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. I think it's like kids like from 10 years old to 20 years old. This is their favorite show.
1: That's the legacy. That'll last long beyond our years. That's you know? Yeah. It's fantastic. Now, where can we purchase the books? Watch everything. Where's the best place to go?
2: Uh, Obliteration, the brand new thriller, you'll love it. It's action-packed, page-turning. It's perfect summer beach reading, uh, and you don't have to have read the other two books to understand it and love it. We catch you right up. To purchase Obliteration, go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. And uh, you can also uh, pre-order Don't Move uh, anywhere books are sold as well.
1: All right, Mur, we're, awesome. You're man. awesome. We're going to have to have you on again, Murr, for another book or another promotion or something else. And I appreciate you coming We'd on. We love to next episode, I'm bringing out the wrestling figures from the 80s. Oh, yeah, you're bring out the wrestling figures from the 80s and then you also got to hit up we're going to we're going to prank the headbangers. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> those two. Do <it>. Look <laughs> okay. for those okay. both the next episode. Okay. Sounds Absolutely. Cool. Right, Thanks, time. Time. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another amazing episode of Living a Legacy.